Hello, hello, hello to all of God's precious, wonderful people watching me around the world. Today I have a word really from the Lord for you. And I have my amazing class with me from BHI. And they're all listening in. And I want to show you from the scriptures how to finish strong. How do we finish well as believers? And I was just sharing with our wonderful people from BHI about the reports now in the West, especially in this country, the decline of uh, people uh, in the church and the decline of those who believe the, the Word of God to be the Word of God. For, for, for example, you probably heard me say, only 6% of the youth today in the church, in the church, who claim to be believers, actually believe Jesus is the only way to heaven. So that is a shock to us, that the majority of them, of the youth I mean, do not believe Jesus is the only way to heaven. So we are seeing, we are now seeing the great falling away happening before our eyes. And the Bible says before the coming of the Lord, there will be a great falling away. I think we are actually seeing it. So to us believers, the remnant as we are called, what does the Bible tell us to do to finish strong? And that's what I want to deal with today and God willing also tomorrow. So Father, I give you praise for your word, your promises, and your leading us right now, that you will lead us through your blessed word and Holy Spirit, that we will see clearly what your word says and how to finish well in Jesus' mighty name. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Now look, I am determined, and I'm sure you are determined, we will finish well. But what does the Bible tell us? What does the Bible say about this? So let's just begin by saying this, that I think is so uh, so important. Uh, people usually do not keep the fullness they begin with. They don't keep the the anointing that they begin with. So if you look at the word of God, we have seen examples in the word how someone who begins well doesn't finish well. Well, we don't want to be one of them, okay? Let's talk about let's talk about Samson. Okay? Samson started well. In fact, Let's just go and and see how well he began. And that's in Judges 14. So I'm going to be very transparent with you. I'm going to be very open with you. I'm going to show you what the word really says about this. So Judges 14 verse 6, it says, And the Spirit of the Lord came came upon him mightily. Think about a man who begins with a mighty anointing on him. That he rent the line like he was tearing apart a goat. And he had nothing in in his hand. Later, that same man, that same man that we see so anointed and begins with such power on his life, such an anointing on his life. Now, you look at uh, Judges 16 and you look at verse 20 and 21 and we see a whole different picture. Here he is with Delilah. She says, the Philistines be upon thee. He awakes out of his sleep. He said, I will go out as a, at other times. But it says, he wished not that the Lord was departed from him. 
Here's God leaving a man who began with a mighty anointing. And it says, And the Philistines took him, put out, they put out his eyes, brought him down to Gaza, and now he's in a prison. Now that's not finishing well. Um, Saul is another example. And that's in First Samuel chapter 10. Now, think with me here, how mighty he started. I mean, when, when you look at King Saul, or even Samson, uh, that anointing on them was much mightier than even some preachers have today. When they started, I mean, think about someone like a Samson with such a mighty anointing on him that it says the spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, but he didn't stay. And he did not know when the Lord left him. He says he was, I think this is the saddest verse probably in that whole chapter, maybe the whole book. He wished not that the Lord departed from him. He thought he was still okay. As many people today think they are okay. It says, take heed lest you fall. All of us need to, to listen to that amazing counsel in the book of Corinthians. Take heed lest you fall. So here is, here is Saul in 1 Samuel 10. And look at this. In verse 5, it says, now this is Samuel talking to Saul and says, after that you will come to the hill of God with the garrison of the Philistines, it will come to pass when you are come there that you will meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with a psaltery and tablet and pipe, meaning musical instruments. And it says, and they will prophesy and the spirit of the Lord, verse 6, watch this, and the spirit of the Lord will come upon thee and thou shalt prophesy with them and shall be turned into another man. I mean, this is a powerful way to start a ministry. He begins ruling as a king with a mighty anointing. So he starts powerfully. He starts well. Everything is great. And then it, it says in verse 8, you'll go down to Gilgal and I'll come down to you there and so on and so forth. And it says in verse 9 that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him, watch this, God gave him another heart. God gave Saul a heart that was pleasing to the Lord. So he's anointed with a good heart. And then verse 10 says, And when they came to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him, and the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied. He had the gifts of the Spirit. He had a beautiful heart that God gave him, and so on. But how did he finish? How did he finish? Look at chapter 16 of the same book, 1 Samuel 16. Verse 14. And this is frightening. This is really scary. And this is what none of us want. It says, but the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Well, he didn't keep what he began with. 
a man who starts with a good heart that God gives him, a man who begins with the anointing coming on him and prophesying with the prophets, now he ends up where the Lord leaves him, just like Samson. And it's even worse than that, that a demon takes over. Now I know nobody, no, no, none of you want to finish like that. I know that. But how do we finish right? How many of you do not want to finish like Saul? Put your hands up high. Come on. Okay. And I'm sure you in your homes are doing the same thing. We don't want to be rejected. We don't want to displease the Lord on that day. We don't want to stand there ashamed of the way we all blew it and messed up. We want to finish well. There are secrets in the Bible I've discovered that I want to share with you. That God showed me because I am. I'm saying, Lord, show me. I want to know for me. I want to know for me. What do I do, Lord, for my life? I've been living in this blessed life nearly 50 years. In ministry, almost 48 years. How do I finish well, Lord? I want to know for me. And today, as I'm reading the book of Corinthians, something jumped out of the, of the book. For me, I mean. And I think today I want to share this with all of you. So, let me just say one more thing. David, King David knew the danger. Why would he say, why would he say to God in Psalm 51, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew, renew, renew a right spirit within me. Why would he say that? Cast me not away from thy presence. Because he was afraid that God may do that. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Why would he say that? Because he just slept with Bathsheba and he knew he was in danger of losing everything. So he prays this amazing prayer we all love to read and make it our own prayer. I've made that my own prayer. I want you to make that your own prayer. Catherine Kuhlman used to say she prayed that every day of her life. Guess what? I do too. Because I don't trust myself. I don't trust my heart. I only trust Jesus. We cannot trust this flesh. There, there is nothing good in it, as the Bible says. Jesus and only Jesus can keep us, guys. I mean, think about David saying to God, saying to God, give me a willing heart because my heart isn't willing. So give me a willing heart. Listen to the words. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from, from your presence. Take not your whole spirit from me. Restore, restore, meaning he lost it. Restore unto me the joy that I had of my salvation. And hold me up with a willing heart. And then, then I will teach transgressors your ways. And then I'll bring sinners to you. Because we can't hold ourselves up. So, you look at the word. Now, before I give you the answer, let me show you the dangers. Because there are dangers. So, say, okay, this was Samson, and this was Saul, 
and David who slept with, with Bathsheba. Listen, what happens to individuals can happen to a whole church, a whole congregation. Example, the church in Corinth. That's what jumped at me today. The church in Corinth. They start good. They start good. But did they, did they continue good? No. There was divisions among them, carnality among them, fornication among them. Paul had to deal with all kinds of questions they had about marriage and food offered to, you know, food that was offered to idols on, on, on and on because they were confused, I guess. They did not know what the answers were. Had to rebuke them for the way they were taking communion. It's all there. It's all there. I read nearly the whole book today. And I'm looking at a man like Paul crying out that these people would get, you know, would, would, would get things right, basically. So, if you look at 1 Corinthians, it's really quite amazing to me. Quite amazing to me. Let's look at it quickly, please. 1 Corinthians, let's, let's begin with, with chapter 1. And let's look at verse 3. They start great. They start great. Grace be unto you, peace from God our Father, from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus, that in everything ye are enriched by Him. In all.